The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast. This show is brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature Disney wedding updates, money saving tips, and interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney couples. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Shelby White about her ceremony at Seabreeze Point with a reception at GM Lounge and a haunted mansion-themed welcome party at the Attic. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how she chose these locations and how she planned everything and how it all turned out. So welcome, Shelby. Hi, it's so great to be here. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I always like to start at the very beginning and find out how you and your fiance decided that you wanted to have your wedding at Disney. I grew up going to Disney. I think we went probably every two years or so. I we used to go to holidays there back before it was super busy. And then my husband, his family went down there because they had vet conferences and his, his dad always took them down there. And we moved down to Georgia. We got annual passes. We had a, a good time and we just kept going three or four times a year. After looking at venues where we live now in Tennessee, I realized that for what I wanted Disney was kind of the one-stop shop. It also helped that we love Disney, but it was also just for what we would pay here. In all honesty, Disney was not that much more. Plus, they have really excellent, unique venues. And really, I wanted to be able to, to show our friends and family, hey, I love this dessert from Liberty Tree. It's my favorite. Here, try it. It's that Disney magic that you can't get anywhere else. That's wonderful. So it sounds like your friends and family on both sides were not surprised when they found out where the wedding was going to be? It was not a shock. I think it was a, oh, they're really doing that. But it wasn't a, oh, they're doing a Disney wedding. It was it was a, oh, this should be fun. We've never done that before kind of attitude. That's awesome. So how many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip? Well, <laughs> As with all weddings, we invited 35. We had a few upset that they weren't invited. So it ended up being 40. Oh, interesting. Okay. And then did you set up a room block for your guests? Yes. We originally wanted the boardwalk because if it's proximity to Seabreeze, but there was some sort of conference there and our room block coordinator said, hey, it's going to be a little bit more expensive. So how about we do across the water at Yacht Club. And I said, well, I've never stayed at Yacht Club. Let's try it. So we did Yacht Club, Caribbean Beach because of the Skyliner 
And we did do Pop Century also because of the Skyliner, but no one actually ended up staying there. Interesting. Okay. Now, how did you choose the day of the week and time of day for your event? It had to be a Saturday. I knew that in order to get most of our family who live in Tennessee, it had to be a weekend. That's just the reality of the situation. I knew that I didn't want a morning ceremony because I am not a morning person. And I also knew that I wanted to still have that typical ceremony, dinner, reception sort of situation. So we went with 2.30 at Seabreeze and then we had about an hour in between. And that kind of gave our guests time to walk around the boardwalk, get some water, do stuff like that before we took the bus to the more traditional like 4.30 p.m. reception. Got it. Okay. So how did you choose Seabreeze Point for your ceremony and GM Lounge for your reception? I didn't. We were originally at Luau Point, which Uh I'm sure a lot of listeners know is a pile of nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Rubble. Yeah, we were offered Seabreeze or the Wedding Pavilion. And with how few people I had, I just the Wedding Pavilion wasn't for me. Seabreeze was still beautiful. We loved the boardwalk area. We love Epcot and its proximity. So we ended up opting for Seabreeze and Disney was really nice about it. They gave us Seabreeze for the price of Luau. Now GM Lounge was also a complete accident. We were originally at Terrace de Fleur and they told us that we could not have standing tables anymore and that they would not allow us to have our own music. We decided that we didn't want to listen to the, it was actually the UK Pavilion Loop music over and over again. So we opted for GM Lounge. In retrospect, I really enjoy GM Lounge because one, I will never get to go there again. And two, the view from it is just stunning. Pictures really just do not do it justice. That's interesting. And so when you say standing tables, you were going to have high boys or something, and then they said no? or Yes. So we had Terrace de Fleurs, and then we had the little balcony area below it, which I think is oh. Eau de France. And they would not, it was some, I guess, a rule that they couldn't carry tables down there. And then the music thing, you know, they wouldn't let us have a first dance. They wouldn't even let us hire violinists. And so it was kind of a, that's important to me especially because we rehearsed our first dance and we wanted to be able to do it. So we moved indoors and it was also pretty hot that day. So it it did work out. It just was a lot of upfront disappointment. Right. So you probably originally were going to see the fireworks at Epcot. Was that okay that now when you'd switch to GM Lounge, you couldn't see them anymore? Yes. So I am probably one of the few people on this planet who's not a big fireworks person. (laughs) I mean, I love Happily Ever After, but after you've seen it, you're like, okay, that's cool. I'm I'm good. I'm a parade person. So fireworks losing that wasn't a huge deal to me if it meant that we got to keep our music and keep the a couple of the traditions like first dance and father-daughter dance and mother-son dance. Got it. Okay. Did you use any outside vendors for the portions of your event where you were able? We hired the Outside vendors that we were kind of required to hire by Disney, we hired Valerie Tucker to be our officiant. I love her spirit. She is spunky. She is, yeah, short and spunky. That's how I would describe her. She's also very accommodating to all couples, and that was kind of important to us just to support that. 
we hired hair and makeup through fairy tale hair and makeup. I had Rachel come out for a trial and then she did my wizarding world photo shoot morning of and my wedding morning of. I didn't have any bridesmaids, so we didn't have to worry about that. And then we hired the root photographers. Nathan and Gen Z literally were the best. They had my favorite music playing in their van, which I found out later they asked my husband what to play. They had water for us when my husband dropped his water bottle through a bush at the Contemporary. They dug it out like pros. I cannot recommend them enough. But as far as outside vendors for things that Disney also offers, I chose not to hire a personal florist because I really wanted my my floral and the boutonnieres and the bouquets to match as closely as possible with my decor floral. And the only way to ensure that in my mind was that I just went through Disney floral for the entire thing. Got it. Okay. Did you guys add any kind of entertainment to the ceremony or the reception? Yes. So we added a violinist and a keyboardist. I heard Kristoff playing the organ in the wedding pavilion during one of the open houses. And I immediately said, I want you at my wedding. I love you. And everybody, I think, kind of knows about Rob for the violinist. And the two of them, from what I understand, played songs that moved people to tears. So that was really nice. I wasn't there for that, but I had a lot of people say that they were really excellent. That's wonderful. Did you do a DJ or anything at the reception? Yes. I don't think we got to choose. I mean, I chose off a list, but nobody was available. (laughs) We had DJ Jesse. He was really, really good. He took requests ahead of time. He called me, said, what is absolutely do not play? What do you want to play? When I said, I want the song at the end of Shrek, he knew exactly what I meant. He did like a decades dance thing that a lot of people on the dance floor really loved. And I think that was one of the benefits that we did gain by moving to GM Lounge because it was indoors. We could have it any time of day. And DJ Jesse really helped make our wedding feel like a normal wedding. But also the Epcot Spaceship Earth was right outside the window. So it was just magic. Do you have any menu items or cake flavors you would recommend? We really, really enjoyed the martini glass action station, which is in the little menu PDF that they give. And it was mashed potatoes, risotto, and mac and cheese with various toppings that you could put into a martini glass. And all of our guests kept going back for seconds. They all loved the beef short ribs. And I had a couple of bites of those. And they just like melt in your mouth. For cake flavors, we had orange with tropical fruit mousse and raspberry jam, which I know was pretty uncommon, but it was just really excellent. It was like a tropical party in your mouth. And then we had, they did my husband's cake in the kind of Steakhouse 71 chocolate cake flavors. So it was a chocolate cake with like a whiskey infused chocolate ganache. And it was really, really good. It was like, I think the first to go. That's great. 
Now, can you talk a little bit about the Haunted Mansion-themed welcome party that you did at the attic? I know usually when people do welcome parties or, or farewell parties, they usually kind of go light on the decor and everything because it's not the main event, but you did uplighting and the tablecloths. And so I'd love to hear how you decided to do all that. So after the initial kind of disappointment of losing some of our original venues, I had always had this dream of incorporating Haunted Mansion into my wedding. I have loved that ride since I was three years old, and it just is an iconic Disney ride. I knew that my husband would probably say no to a full-on Haunted Mansion, like wedding wedding. So I decided to incorporate it into the welcome dinner. And I took the aspects of the attic in the ride to kind of be what the attic, the venue, already has. It has old relics and lofted ceilings and kind of that sloped grandma's attic thing that I said, hey, can we add spider webs and spiders and purple lights and the tablecloths that look like the wallpaper? And the florist that worked with me said, I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that, but I'll ask. And it came to one of those points where if I had an idea, I just asked can we do this? And normally they had to find out, but I actually wasn't told no on anything that I wanted to do. And so I kind of just went with it and went all in on the as spooky as it could be without, well, without a fog machine, because I did want a fog machine. But (laughs) it was, I think the fire department had to get involved. It was a whole thing. So we didn't do that. But I walked in And I said, that's what I wanted. And it was just, it was awesome. That's amazing. You guys also did a portrait session at Universal Studios with David and Vicki Arndt. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So we kind of didn't want to get up at 3 a.m. to do a traditional Disney shoot. And I really, really love Harry Potter. My husband loves Jurassic Park. We kind of didn't do that part. You can see who runs the show. But um, so we've also been universal pass holders. So I reached out to the arts because I knew and had seen a couple of their photos at Wizarding World. They were only able to do it on, I think, weekdays, except for Friday, because they were shooting wedding weddings during the weekends. And so we, we made it work. And we had to get there at early entry, which was part of our universal pass holder deal, I guess. So we got there at 8 a.m. But I think if you're staying at a hotel, some of the hotels have early entry. So you could also do it that way. But I don't think a regular ticket will get you early entry. So we started out at Universal Studios Park and we went back to Diagon Alley. They took pictures of us in front of the brick wall and the dragon and Fred and George's joke shop. And then we rode the train over to Hogsmeade and we took pictures there. We even took pictures on the train in the train station. They have a picture of me walking through platform nine and three quarters as I disappear. And then we took pictures in front of the castle. So it was incredibly sunny to the point where I had to close my eyes in some of the pictures because that day it was just blazing sunshine. But 
the team members at Universal were really nice. Everybody congratulated us. Guests would just move out of the way and let us take pictures. And I, I kind of felt awkward. I was like, hey, this is your vacation too. But the guests were so nice about it. And we had our wands. I had my Ravenclaw diadem necklace. He wore his Gryffindor tie. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. The arts were really professional. They were fun. They made me twirl around in front of Honey Dukes, which is one of my favorite photos. And then afterwards, we rode Spider-Man and left. And we were done with our little portrait session in two hours. It was great. (laughs) That's awesome. Can you give my listeners a timeline of how the wedding day ran? So I actually did not have a wake-up call or anything. I got up. I had one of our friends bring me a Starbucks. They showed up to help me get ready at, I don't know, maybe 1030, I think is what time Rachel from Fairytale showed up. We kind of hung out. They tried to get me to eat. Of course, I didn't want to. I was ready by 1130. So then I went downstairs to do a first look with my dad at, I believe it started at noon. And after we did that, it was another 30 minutes before the roots needed me with Michael. And I just kind of chilled. We ended up being ahead of schedule, I believe. So then we took pictures. It was very important to me that I got a monorail photo because I lost Luau Point. That was one of my things that I really wanted was a monorail photo. So we had built into the timeline from 1230 to like two, basically that the roots would take us over to the contemporary or the grand and get us a monorail photo. So we did that. We got back by two and the carriage was waiting for me, my dad and my grandmother And the carriage actually had to sit on that little loop around the boardwalk and wait until it was time. That's how early we were. The ceremony started at 2.30. I wanted a very short and sweet ceremony. I think it was maybe 10 minutes. And then we took pictures around the boardwalk and we had to be in the lobby of the boardwalk at four for the bus leaving at 4.15. Then our reception was from 4.30 to 9.30. And then at 9.30, we got on the bus again to go to our ride mix-in at Soren. And from what I understand, everyone was back to their hotels by 10.30. That's great. When you were planning, what were some of the most important aspects where you focused your attention or your budget? Food was very important to me. I am a pastry chef, so that was very, very important to me that people enjoyed their food. I've definitely been to weddings where I'm like, yes, this food is really good. I have to have good food at my wedding. And then I kind of, at first toned down on flowers until I realized I didn't like the look of that. And then it kind of got increased. So I think probably we really saved money by not having bridesmaids and groomsmen because of all those extra flowers that we had to have. I kept Seabreeze Point pretty minimal. 
because I knew we were going to only be there for 10, 15 minutes. But then the reception, I wouldn't say that I just, you know, destroyed the budget, but I tried to keep it classy, but still not bare bones, if that makes sense. Got it. Okay. And then were there any other aspects that were less important where you saved your money or effort? Because we only had 35 people, I would say that I kind of focused my efforts on just providing a really good experience for our guests because I knew that they were coming from a decent distance. And I I wanted our wedding to be not just about us, but I wanted it to be fun and I wanted it to be an experience. So I wouldn't really say that I tried to like scale back things. I think I remember looking at wedding invitations and saying, well, that's kind of high, but I still ordered them because I wanted it to be an experience for our guests. Got it. Okay. So out of all of this, what ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? I think going back, I really loved walking the extremely long queue for Soren and there being no one in front of us and no one in the land and riding it with with all of our guests and I finally got the top row where I don't see people's feet dangling below me. <laughs> um, and then it was also really cool because the bus went behind World Showcase and as a pretty big Disney fan, you can see all of the food and wine booths just hanging out waiting to be put up. And you can see what looks to be like an old boat from Norway. And I was just, whoa, that's really cool. And I know it's my wedding, but it was a really cool moment to see some of that stuff. That's awesome. Did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? For our welcome dinner, I got to come in with my husband a couple of minutes early just to, you know, see it and talk with the the day of person And I I met the chef, I talked with him and I was like, hey, everything's good, right? And he said, hey, this isn't my first rodeo. And then after everyone had left and we started serving food, I realized that there were food items missing. Our ooey gooey toffee cake from Liberty Tree, which is one of my favorites, was the consistency of soup. Mm. Um, And so I, I feel that I missed a decent amount of my welcome dinner, having to go to the day of coordinator and say, Hey, this was missed. And then they would fix it an hour later. And then, you know, it just, it wasn't a very great experience, but they did make up for it by, you know, a lot of our food being absolutely perfect the next day. I do think that it was frustrating multiple times on the wedding day the day of coordinator would ask us before we got on the bus or went anywhere, hey, is this everyone? Mm -hmm. And my husband would say, isn't that your job? But I think afterwards, I, I just, I compiled a list of, hey, this is what went wrong. This is why it went wrong. And I, I sent it to our wedding planner and she was able to negotiate, you know, a decent like compromise with us of, hey, we're so sorry this went wrong. I know we can't do it over. So here, we're sorry. Okay, got it. Now, was there anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand or you were worried about and then it turned out not to be a big deal? Timeline. 
I worried about the timeline. I don't like being late. I think we stress to our guests multiple times, if you are late, the bus will leave you. We were not polite about it in any way, shape or form because we didn't want anybody to miss anything. And it ended up being not a problem at all. Everyone was early and we ended up leaving early, which was just a real relief to me because I do not like to be late. And I think on your wedding day, you probably shouldn't be running super late. Otherwise, that just causes a lot of extra stress. So it was really nice that everyone put in the extra effort to be early. That's wonderful. Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? I think that I would have, for every detail that did go wrong or was maybe miscommunicated in some way, I would be extremely clear and detailed in what I wanted. I originally was afraid that I would come off as extremely obsessive, but I think Disney actually does well if you tell them extremely detailed things. Like, for example, um, they forgot to put the purple flower that I wanted in my bouquet and all of the decor. But I never said, hey, I'm okay if it's another purple flower of a similar shade. And I think you would think that goes without saying, but unless you specifically state something like that, you have to communicate what you want. And it's not entirely up to them to know exactly what you want in return. That's a good point. Yeah. Offering alternatives or explaining, you know, especially with flowers, when you have an inspiration photo, explaining what parts of that photo are the most important. Maybe it's just the colors or maybe it's just the flower type. So that's a really good point. Yes. And I think also I, in that moment, was not afraid to speak up and I was very nice about it. I even asked, our photographer, Gen Z Root, multiple times, I said, I was nice, right? I was nice. And she was like, you were very nice. But I I, I knew it was wrong. And so I, I said, hey, I'm sorry, I'm supposed to have purple in here. And they said, oh, well, we were out of the flower that you wanted. And I was like, well, can you take any flower? And they worked over the next hour to get it in all of our decor, in my bouquet, everything. And I think you just have to not be afraid because it's your wedding day to just stand up and say, Hey, this isn't right. And usually the day of people will just be absolutely, yes, we will fix it right now. And they're so nice about it. That's wonderful. Do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney couples? Again, I think just be so detailed and I am a very detailed person and I thought that I was detailed, but I think if you want something, ask. That's something my mom always taught me was it never hurts to ask. And I found that out with the Haunted Mansion decor. It went perfectly. Everything that I asked for, I was able to have. And it worked out as a beautiful, beautiful location. That's fantastic. Well, Shelby, I think you've offered a lot of great tips and advice for anyone who's interested in getting married at Walt Disney World. And I appreciate your taking the time. Yeah, thank you. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. Past shows and tons of photos for each episode are available on my website, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com, or listen in your favorite podcast app. 
And for instant answers to all your Walt Disney World wedding questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com.